0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Star Jobbers Podcast. I'm Cody. And I am Bret Hart's Lugie instructor. Okay, I'm we won't get in too much of that, but we it is gonna be some foreshadowing as to what we're going into. If you A haven't golden already guessed.
1: A Holding glob right in the eye. Right in the eye of, BKM. of old
0: BKM. exactly. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening into our podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We're just two ordinary guys that are huge fans of professional wrestling, and we'd love to give our thoughts and opinions on professional wrestling. Whether you want to hear it or not. Exactly. But you're already listening, so you obviously want to hear it. Yeah, you! (laughs) But anyway, we got a great episode planned for you guys. It's been a great week of professional wrestling. A lot of things are going on right now. Also, this past weekend, somebody celebrated a birthday... Yes, yes. I am now older than I was before. <laughs> the joints hurt just a little more than they did. Hey, it's just part of it. We all get to that point at some point. I've still got a long way uh, to go. You have a but... head
1: full of beautiful dark hair. Uh, I, the sides of my hair are getting grayer by the day. I
0: feel like mine's... I mean, yours might be getting grayer, but I feel like mine's going to recede at some point. I'm almost at my 30s. You do have so... that
1: widow's peak. And exactly. Is, yeah, uh, exactly. It, it's a
0: possibility. Exactly. Like I'm probably going to have the Dracula or Danny DeVito look before yeah, see, too I've long. Got,
1: I'm, I'm waiting to have luxurious gray. Richard Gear hair, and I'm 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 waiting to enter my silver fox days, but I'm looking more like an elephant more and more each day. I
0: mean, I told my wife like if I had the choice, if my hairline starts receding too much, I'm going to go bald. I I feel like it would be a better choice for me just because I don't want to deal with the whole like having to comb over everything or fan everything. You're going to terrify
1: little kids if you go bald. I'm just saying it. You're really you're you're very tall man, and you you have expressive eyebrows. And if you don't have yeah. hair, you're gonna
0: look like
1: scary. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like I, I'm, what's I'm, his I name
0: from Breaking Bad or something. Just, like,
1: I mean, I mean, I uh, mean, before, before when he had hair, he was Hal, and nobody right. was afraid of Hal. Right. And then without the hair, he's Heisenberg. Everybody's <laughs> terrified of Heisenberg.
0: Yeah, I kind of see it, but yeah, hopefully I won't have to deal with that for another ten <laughs> years or so. But we'll see. But anyway, guys, as you can tell from the title of this episode. We're about to get into something that we've talked about for a little bit as a future segment, but we felt it best to try and get into it now. We're going to debate on a very popular issue that a lot of people are on the fence about, and it's the title of the Montreal Screwjob. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you're new to professional wrestling and you've never heard of the Montreal Screwjob, essentially what this was, it was a moment during the mid-90s in professional wrestling when you had Bret the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels in a match in Canada in Bret's home country where Bret was the champion at the time and he was facing Shawn Michaels defending the title against him and essentially the match ended in a way that was very controversial. Fans were extremely upset. Bret lost the title to Shawn Michaels but he was never pinned and he never submitted. The bell just rang at the very end and people were very upset, very heated about it. Bret especially was very heated after the match. But a lot to get into into this debate because we both have differing opinions on yes, this. Yes, and,
1: and the reason we're talking about it is in the professional wrestling fan world, um, I would say there's probably a majority of people who feel a certain way. Uh, and I would actually lend to your side will probably be the more popular
0: view. Right
1: uh but me the dastardly old curmudgeon
0: uh, all the conspiracy theorists
1: the 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 aluminum hat wearing conspiracy theorist I take the devil's advocacy on this one and I I truly do believe what we're gonna talk well, we're gonna talk about what I'm gonna say I, I actually fully do believe it so as we're going through this we hope that it's entertaining it's informative but we really the the purpose of these uh segments are to engage you the audience exactly we want you guys to listen and we want you to despise one of us love one of us disagree with both of us We want you to learn something or see a perspective that you've never thought of before. And we want you to interact. We want you to comment on Facebook, on Instagram. We're going to be releasing a TikTok page in the near future here. And we'd love to have you join on to that. But we really want your engagement. We want to hear at the end of this episode what you, the fans, think of what we had to say. If you completely agree, disagree, or have a completely different point of view entirely, we'd love to hear it.
0: And if you have not checked us out on social media, like John said, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Five Star Jobbers. Go check us out. Interact with us. Comment. Everything. We want your opinions, and we want to hear what you guys have to say about this. But getting into the story, I'm going to try and give the best narration of this as I possibly objective can. Objective Objective. Objective narration. Now, if you have not had a chance to even get into professional wrestling, or if you've never heard of the Montreal Screwjob, I highly recommend, you need to check out two things. One, go check out the show Dark Side of the Ring. I believe it's episode three or two. I can't remember exactly, but they touch on I believe it's in the
1: first season of Dark Side of the Ring. Exactly,
0: and there's also a movie. There's
1: the movie that came out in, uh, I want to say, either the late 90s or early 2000, right? which was Wrestling with Shadows, and that was an actual movie that was taken from um camera footage of Bret Hart and his family and uh, the the cameraman that he had I guess he was doing it what they say was that he was doing a documentary of his life in professional wrestling and you know the just I guess it was just lucky that they caught it right um but yeah the dark dark side of the ring does a really good job of covering it the wrestling with shadows i think is probably the 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 best because it's it shows in real time right what what a lot of what happened now of course there's some there's parts of uh what happened that the camera had to be turned off so of course it misses things and then say with, between dark side of the ring and the millions of other uh, segments that have talked about this particular event because I mean, if you talk go into WWE Rivals, they talk about it. The WWE Network they have a Brett versus Sean. There's
0: so many different documentaries and different this, things on TV. This is and probably movies. one of the
1: most talked about events in the history of professional wrestling. So we're not doing anything brand new, but maybe our perspectives might be a little bit interesting for those of you who are, and then for those of you who don't know, ooh.
0: Get ready. Exactly. Buckle your seatbelts because you're about to be in for a wild ride here. So to kind of give the background of the story, and like I said, I'm going to try and do as good of a job as I can, and John's going to keep me honest as well. I'm going to try and go at it from an objective standpoint. So the story goes that Bret's contract was set to expire with WWF at the time, World Wrestling Federation. WWE was a little bit later so you got
1: to go a little bit before then too. So Bret Hart was given a, like almost a lifetime contract. Before his contract was about to expire. So, Bret Hart was given like pretty much almost like a lifetime contract. I think it was something for like 20 plus years. Right. Which at the time was completely unheard of. It's nothing like none of those contracts exist in any modern professional
0: wrestling. Well, I think with that, because I think Vince offered that like after, because word had gotten to Vince that no, no, this he was, was talking to WCW. No, that,
1: no this, well, so yes. Yeah, so, there was a conversation between Bret and Eric Bischoff. Right. At a hotel. Vince finds out about it. Vince at the time offers Brett this contract. Brett wholeheartedly accepts. Brett never wanted to go to WCW. Right. Brett wanted to be in WWF. Vince couldn't offer. Vince knew he couldn't offer the Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Lex Luger money that the WCW was paying, the guarantee, that guaranteed money, what the money that Kevin and Scott left for. Right. But what he could offer was Job security, exactly. And so he offered him a big contract, paid out over many, many, many years. Uh, very lucrative, very high end contract. However, this is the time where WWF is now losing in the ratings war to WCW. Sponsorships are down. Revenue, ticket sales are down. Revenue is down. Right. Vince is no longer. He looks at his money. He looks at his his stars. His superstars, as he likes to call them. He looks at who's drawing.
0: And you have the two main ones, and the, which the, are
2: Stone Cold Steve Stone Cold Austin, Austin
1: and Degeneration X or Shawn Michaels. I mean, Shawn was, you know, at this time intermittently champion, not champion before. So if you go back into '96, Shawn beats Brett for the title for the first time in the hour long Ironman match. And Sean and what, if you listen to Brett's side of the story, there's supposed to be a return match either around SummerSlam or the next WrestleMania. And in between then Sean loses his smile, right? Which is Brett accuses Sean and, and with Sean losing his smile was really Sean was injured and needed to take time off to get healed. He was also dealing with a lot of mental and, you know, drug, drug abuse was very bad for him at this time. Right. Um, so, instead of fighting Shawn at WrestleMania 13, he fights Stone Cold. It's a great match. Fantastic. But Shawn misses that WrestleMania and then conveniently does come back not too far after. And is back to being full Shawn Michaels. And just didn't have to drop the belt to Bret at a WrestleMania. Right. And so, Bret... So, if you put that back in context, Bret is happy to be in WWF, but has this issue with Shawn. But then Vince, like I said, Vince looks at his revenue. Vince looks at what's going on and what he's paying Brett versus you've got Stone Cold that's making all this money because Austin 316 had happened and then WrestleMania 13 where he becomes just I mean, that, that match got him over, you know, to Brett's credit, that match got Stone Cold over even more. Right. And then you've got The Rock that's, he's, he's starting to really come into his own.
2: Right.
1: Uh, you know, when he became a heel and started referring to himself as The Rock and not Rocky Maivia, you've got these guys that are coming up. You've, you've got Brett, who is kind of more of the old guard. Vince looks at, Vince looks at it like a businessman and realizes, uh, this guy that I'm going to be paying a lot of money is not necessarily my top draw anymore. So, you know, the questionability on this one becomes, you know, did Vince renege on on his word, which uh, you could probably say, yes, he did. But he goes back and says, hey, is that offer with WCW still good? Right. And if it is, take it. Exactly. So, yeah. there. None of these things happen in a vacuum. That's the cool thing. You know, that's the one of the major things about professional wrestling and the behind the scenes and everything like that is that it's, you know, as time goes on and we hear more and more things, it's, it's very interesting to hear all the little steps that lead up to where we get to. But, but right. continue. So, so then, the
0: contract's coming to so an end. end. So the contract's coming to an end, and there's not very much agreement between the two sides, between Brett and Vince, because Vince is not able to fulfill what he had promised because they're starting to lose big in the ratings war. Like you said, sponsors are pulling out. And on top of that, animosity is starting to build between Brett and Sean. I mean, it
1: it was already built, but it was just getting worse and worse. As it was
0: getting closer towards the match, it just started getting worse and worse to a point where Sean and Brett got into a fight backstage. And I believe that Vince and some of the other members were in a meeting, at a board meeting, Sean literally bursts through the door with a handful of his hair that Brett had pulled out of his head and shouts, this is an unsafe working environment. Yeah. And so you have these two guys who are bitter, bitter enemies, not just inside the ring, but outside the ring. cannot and Let's not stand forget each
1: other. Sean making the Sunny Day's remark to Brett exactly. on live TV, basically accusing Brett of having an affair with Sonny. And then, Who, of course, Brett and making fun of... Interesting, Sean was having the affair with Sonny. Exactly. And then, and then Brett, of course,
0: Brett making fun of the cover girl the thing cover that girl Sean magazine.
1: did. And then another thing Sean did was uh, Brett had said that he would drop the title to Sean, you know, if he needed to, uh, whatever, you know, basically being a professional. And Sean looked him right in the face and said, I would never do that for you.
2: Right. So, so there's always Brett there's got already, angry.
0: Yeah. And so, the, there was already animosity between the two. And so... It was just a recipe for disaster, and so,
1: and I'll tell you, as a as a as a kid watching this in real time, there was this was this rivalry, was, is still one. Of my, it's still my favorite rivalry of all time, uh, and it was so interesting because, uh, leading up to the, the Survivor Series match there were a lot of shows that would be in America, and then they would be in Canada. And if we were in, if the show was in America, Sean was over. Sean was the face. Sean was, they, they, the, the ladies cheered for him, the dudes rooted for him. And then if we were, if the show was in Canada, Brett and the Hart Foundation were over, and Degeneration X were the heels. Sean was the heel. They boot. I mean, it was. I mean, go back if you can go back and watch some of the '97 Raws leading up, and you can watch different locations. It, it, crowds don't. I mean, you a lot, sometimes we get crowds that get very raucous nowadays, but it was a, a different kind of crowds back then. Exactly. Um, it, it. That I say, glory days of wrestling. Right. The old
0: curmudgeon says. So then, Brett and then find out that Earl Hebner is going to be the referee for the match. And Brett and Earl are good friends. Brett is probably Earl is probably the only referee that Brett trusted to take care of him and take care of everybody in the ring. And so they're on a plane, and Brett pulls Earl into first class. And he talks to Earl and says, You're not going to count me out, are you? Because Brett had already felt like something well, was going to happen there,
1: so they were, during the production meetings for that match they had talked about that early in the match they would wrestle out in the crowd right and so that was so Brett's Brett's hesitation was that he was going to get counted out and then lose the title via count out which right. really honestly doesn't make a whole lot of sense you can't lose the title by count out
0: right yeah because it can only change hands for, for new people that are listening to this a title can only change hands in professional wrestling if you are pinned or made to submit
1: or in the case like a last man standing match where you can't answer the count of 10. Right. In certain like but, in certain matches that happen but those there's no stipulation in any match that that awards the the title to anybody for a count out. Exactly. Especially if both are out of the ring at the same time.
0: Right. So there were a lot of scenarios that were pitched how to end this match. But well, the
1: main scenario that was pitched and was pitched by Brett was that he would beat Sean and Montreal And that they would be in, I want to say, Buffalo or some northern United States territory uh, the next night for Raw. And that he would lose to Sean at Raw, clean. Right. However, the main caveat of that plan is that Brett didn't have a contract after the Survivor Series. Exactly. So, Brett's entire suggestion leans on the idea that he will wrestle without contract not legally required to do such no guarantee of any kind of payday whatsoever losing to someone who he openly despises
0: exactly so then you fast forward to the match November 9th of 1997 Jerry Briscoe pulls pulls Earl Hedner over to the side and said, Vince wants you to ring the bell when Brett is in the sharpshooter. And Earl is extremely hesitant towards it because he's like, he's like Brett's my, my friend. I mean, I can't do this to him. And Jerry well, says, well, you, either do, you either do this or you don't have a job. Yeah.
1: And this, is, this goes against the wrestler's code. And for those who, um, for younger listeners... And for people who are newer to professional wrestling, the wrestling world that we know is actually quite young. And for decades and decades and decades, since the 20s and the 30s, wrestling came out of the roots of carnivals and traveling shows. I mean, most of the the lingo and the inside baseball, the word mark comes from carnival uh, slang. Professional wrestling for the majority of its existence has been a, a very closed off profession with, you know, kayfabe was not broken, broken, you know, to where the fact that promoters actually acknowledge that this is a scripted, that didn't happen, in, honestly, until the nineties.
0: Exactly during and, and the, I'd during, say during this
1: exact during match. The Vince, during the Vince well, no, it was a little bit earlier during the Vince McMahon trials, the steroid trials. It was, in order to in order to differentiate a a competitive sport where steroid use was absolutely forbidden, and a performance sport where the lines are grade. Part of the whole shtick is that he had to come they had to come out and say, Yes, wrestling is scripted. We determine the winners and the losers in order to be able to tell the best story and also in order to preserve the well being of our performers who go out on a nightly basis. If they were to try to kill each other for a winner's purse every night, they wouldn't last very long. Exactly. So but before that, before the early 90s, before kayfabe was broken, for, you know, almost, you know, what do you call it, almost 70 years, you've got a very close knit. You've got two guys who are in the ring and I said for a very long time the rules were it has to look real. The people have to believe it, but I'm also trusting you with my life. Right. So trust in this business is like the it's, it's, most important thing. It is the only thing. And the minute you become untrustworthy in the ring, then you lose all credibility, you lose your ability to work, you lose your ability to make a living in the business period. Exactly. And so the wrestlers need to be able to trust each other, but even more important, the wrestlers have to be able to trust the promoter. The wrestlers have to had to trust that, you know, in the in the territory days, that with they when they wrestled for a promoter that they were going to get paid, that they were going to be safe, and that they were going to be able to you know feed their families. So the you know referee is part of is part of the the performance.
0: Right. It's not just the wrestlers. It's everybody that is involved in the professional wrestling yeah. business. Referees, managers, everybody is involved yeah. in this.
1: And so, like at the end of the day. Um, you know, a lot of stuff can go on backstage, but any kind of tomfoolery or what you would call dishonesty that happens in the ring was pretty much forbidden. Exactly. Uh, it's, you know, say, and there have definitely been other screw jobs in the past, but this was the largest scale. Right. Uh, and then I'll also say this: um, there's a reason. That you got to talk about the reason why Vince is taking. I mean, honestly, Brett's Brett's leaving, so of course they want to take the title off him. But why is it so important to take the title off of him while he's still under contract, and not the next day?
0: It's because he's going to WCW. Because he's
1: going to WCW. What did WCW do about a year or two? You know, a couple, maybe even two years before.
0: I don't they know had it my brain a bit. For some reason my brain is not working right now. They
1: had a Blaze who was the women's champion. Right. I'm yep. When she came, she brought the title. And she put the title in the trash can on live TV. Right. So Vince like if you go back and watch Wrestling with Shadows, you watch the dark side of the ring. Vince cannot have his title. That, you know, represents his company that's been around, you know, for over, you know, close to 50 years at this point, be put in a trash can on live TV by Eric Bischoff and whoever's going to put the title in the trash can.
2: Right.
0: Then we get into the match. 15 minutes in, Brett can see Vince yelling to the timekeeper, and I'm going to say the clean version of it, ring the freaking bell. Mm Mm-hmm. And as soon as the bell rings, everybody is just confused. Because Brett's looking around like I didn't tap. And Sean's confused. Looking like I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. So then you see Earl jump and get out of Dodge. And then Brett makes the WCW spray outline. And then you see the famous Loogie being shot at Vince's face. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. It was a good one, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, full coverage of the face, everything. And then, of course, Brett goes nuts and starts breaking monitors and headsets and everything.
1: He punches Vince yeah. in the face. Oh, yeah. and Vince it, gives him the punch.
0: Yeah, because backstage, once everybody gets back there, of course, Brett goes to Sean and goes, Sean, did you know anything about this? And Sean, of disannows course, didn't, he disavows any knowledge of it. He denies it. And, of course, Taker, Undertaker gets involved as well in some form of fashion. And then... Vince finally goes into the dressing room when Brett's about to go into the shower, and Brett says, I'm about to take a shower. If you're still back here when I get out, I'm going to punch you in the face. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, Brett goes into the shower, and Vince stays in there because he wants to talk to him. And then Brett comes out of the shower, and Brett lands a Mike Tyson-esque uppercut. According to him. According to him, and cold-cocks Vince and knocks him out.
1: Yep. And then say, in the truth of all all of this situation, Sean did know. Sean knew exactly. that the minute he put Brett in the sharpshooter, yeah. that the bell was going to ring, and that his job was to disavow and to not claim anything. Vince told him, "Don't you yeah. put you put all of this on me."
2: Right, and then so Sean Sean
1: did what he Sean did what he was told to do. But uh, we not let's never forget that Triple H uh, is famous for if he doesn't want to to give up the belt then we will expletive take it from him
0: right and, and then, that's of course a, sean is just bawling after this after vince has been knocked out but Brett looks over at sean at the end of it and says thanks for the match and then which is nothing else which is a,
1: a wrestler um routine it's a it's tradition that at the end of any match no matter what but that wrestlers at the end of a match look at each other and, and say thank you. It's, once again, getting into the the tradition of professional wrestling and things that have gone on for for decades and decades and decades in order to preserve the business.
2: Right.
0: So. And then afterwards, we see both Brett and Vince on TV, and this is the moment where they both pretty much expose the business of professional wrestling. They both break kayfabe mm-hmm. and... In this interview with Vince on TV, he pretty much came across in this cold, heel-like manner, which honestly was a great catapult for him to be more on screen. Because at this point in time, no one knew Vince owned WWF. Everyone yeah, just saw so the, him the as a ring announcer I, I remember or commentator. Watching, I
1: was, I was, once again, in real time, I remember watching the interview with, with Jim Ross, and up to this point, people people will say it all the time. I, I, I give a little bit of a different perspective here. I knew Vince McMahon was the company owner, like even as a kid, because they said that he was the owner. And there were a couple times where, you know, he was getting involved in things as the owner. But really, he kind of seemed like a pencil, you know, pocket, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he seemed like a dork. Right. Um.
0: Just real scrawny just, looking. I mean,
1: like just, the way that we that that you look at Michael Cole is the way that I looked at Vince McMahon when I was a kid. And after this interview, he didn't look like Michael Cole anymore. Right. He looked like somebody who was far more powerful than people realized, and cutthroat businessman feelings are not taken into account business decisions are business decisions um that's that's what I remember watching it and just realizing oh this guy's not a nice guy um and then of course that that was the birth of the Mr. McMahon character right but as all professional wrestlers would say the best character is just you Turned up to 11. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the the famous line is, Brett screwed Brett.
0: And to this day, I still and This is where the hate, debate begins. And this is where we begin the debate. Because I don't feel that Brett screwed Brett. I feel I like. I
1: fully believe that Brett screwed Brett. And people can cuss me for it. And hate me for it.
0: I'm sure a lot of people will.
1: Yeah, but uh, I I I will say that my opinion originally stayed, started from a loyalty to Shawn Michaels, my favorite wrestler to the day I die. Right. And Shawn being my favorite wrestler, the wrestler that I hated the most was Bret the Hitman Hart.
2: <laughs>
1: so I will I will go ahead and and admit that the beginnings of my beliefs in this started out of a pure subjective. Right. But as time has gone on, as I have grown and matured and entered the business world myself, I'm an MBA car- car- carrying individual. <laughs> it is, object. I objectively do still be- I believe that Brett screwed Brett.
0: See, and I'm of the mindset that there was multiple individuals that screwed Brett in this situation. Number one being Vince McMahon, because to underhandedly go behind his back and to do this to him, it completely violates that trust that we talked about. Oh, it absolutely
1: and, did. But he was put into a, he was put into a no win position by a performer. And it was a performer he cared deeply for. And truth be told, the only, the only blame I will assign McMahon in this situation is that he didn't have the stones to just strip him of the title
0: and send him on his way. Or even because I believe Brett had made notion to doing something different to where he would just hand the title off. And, yeah. and at least keep some dignity about himself instead of being screwed or having to lose to Sean.
1: Yeah, but at the end of the day, you do. So once again, talking about traditions, you do the favors on the way out. And Brett wanted to do the favors on the way out, but he wanted to do them when he when he there was no contract and no guarantee. And in my and in a, and in a business world, do you know how much faith we're allowed to put in no contract guarantees? Right. Um, at the end of the day, so let's, 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 let's kind of break this down, you know, from the very beginning. Right. So on the first point we have Vince and Brett and, you know, multiple times Brett's talked about it. Uh, and you know, a lot of professional wrestlers have talked about this too, about how Vince was like a father to them. Right. Uh, I think The Ultimate Warrior went into great depth uh, in, in one of his documentaries about how he looked at Vince like a father. And lo and behold, everybody who's tried to make a father out of someone who's not their father is disappointed when they make a decision because they're their boss and not their father. Right. So they have this great relationship. Vince really does care deeply about Brett and... I think, and I'm going to say this is the first point of contention we'll make here. I think that Vince shows how much he cares about Brett when he looks at him and says, "If you can get a better deal, go get one," because Vince knew he wasn't going to be able to pay Brett or honor the contract that that he that he signed. So instead of just straight up reneging and you know taking whatever penalties that might have been on that contract, however, it was a handshake agreement, not a contract, because right. back in the day that's how they did it. Uh, he. He tries to help Brett make the most money for his family.
0: I, mean, I I and I agree with that as well. But at the same time, you know, the the whole I still can't I still can't get my mind off of the whole situation as to far as like the finish. Like I'm sure that they could have come to an agreement in some way, form or fashion, and put egos aside, both Sean and Brett. At this time, to, do
1: you really so at this time. You're being, you're being very pragmatic, but let's say we're talking about two guys who have already shown multiple times that when they're in the ring, they can be very professional with one another. Right. But once the bell rings and they're backstage, there's professionalism is out the door. Sean, at this time, and I'll say, I'm not in, in, in don't get me wrong. In my defense of the screw job, I am not actually defending Shawn Michaels at this time. Like I said, as a kid, I, I picked Shawn's side because it was Shawn's side. As an adult, I've gotten to the point where I said, okay, Shawn Michaels is still my favorite wrestler, and I'm glad that he's the man that he is today, but the Shawn that existed in 1997, Shawn was the first person to say that person was not a good person. That was not the person that, that he espouses to be now right so Sean at that time was was not in a good place so you're you're talking about being logical and reasonable and one of the people guaranteed is is mentally incapable of being fully logical and fully reasonable because of drugs and Brett who was normally the logical and reasonable one is now putting his foot down, and I don't care as much as as much as I've heard him say it. And like I said, I don't disrespect Bret Hart. I have nothing but all the respect in the world now for Bret Hart. As a kid, I hated him. Uh, I caught you know I thought he was a sissy loser. That's you know like, it's like I'm nine year old ten year old me words. You know who wears pink you know like (laughs) meanwhile my favorite wrestler has hearts on his pants exactly Uh,
0: wearing leather chaps and everything man he made him look so good
1: (laughs) Uh, but I have all the respect in the world for Bret Hart but I think to the core of Bret Hart at this day today he will admit and I think there's a lot of these interviews where they talk about this where he is He's dead honest about it. He was spiteful. The reason he didn't want to drop the belt to Sean had nothing to do with anything other than sticking it to Sean. And this is, once again, this is my perspective. At that point, it becomes a, a question of what relationship was more important his respect and the relationship that he had with Vince McMahon and for the company that the McMahon like the McMahon family the WWF this company that basically paid his living for many 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 years and the living of his family we're not going to get into a lot of that other stuff but Brett loved the WWF Brett loved Vince oh yeah so the question then at this point becomes you know, and they say, any kind of decision making goes. Do I love Vince more than I hate Sean? Do I want to do what's right for the company that I claim to love more than I want to stick it to this jerk that I can't stand? And Brett made the decision that spite was more important than love, respect, or professionalism. Well,
0: and, and talking about spite, though, but he was willing to take it to a different finish where, where it wasn't him losing to someone that he hated. He would just hand off the title to Sean. Or there was one instance where I think if, either in Dark Side of the Ring or one of these other interviews that I watched where it had been talked about about having a ringside interference that featured Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. And so there's other ways that they could have gone about it. At the end and of the, the day, th-
1: at the end of the day the title still would have technically belonged to Brett, and he would not have necessarily
0: cuz I mean even with him being under contract in that match, you still could have gone about it another way where he was screwed, quote unquote, but it would have been a better way for him to go out than having to like lose clean to Sean. Because you have Owen Hart and British Bulldog come and interfere and then give that whole other alternate finish to the match instead of just screwing Brett all together, then it, things could have probably ended up differently.
1: Well, well, once once again, like I said, it's not... We, we, can, we can go around the horn on this all day long and talk about all the different ways they could have booked the match. But your boss, the man who signed your paycheck, And even though he was going to be no longer under contract, the last paycheck that he received was going to, at the end of the bottom of that paycheck, it was going to be signed Vince McMahon. His boss wanted to do it this way. And the reason Vince wanted to do it that way is because he wanted to put the title on Sean so that Sean could drop the title to Austin at WrestleMania 14.
0: See, and I feel like if things had gone differently and Brett had won the match and kept the title... I feel like Brett would have enough respect for Vince and respect for the company to show up that Monday night on Raw and basically hand the title off to Sean that that's just me personally and I'm you're, sure, and
1: I'm sure gan- yeah so like I said you have a good heart right but but so I feel but, like but, but, but be a businessman and gamble like you you're say at that point your your belief is a gamble your belief is a gamble that this person who is showing me, their, they're showing me their heart by the decisions they're making. And he's refusing to work with me. He's refusing to, to do what I've asked him to do as a boss to an employee. And I've tried to give him the respect of a boss to an employee to ask him to do something and then if you go back and watch you know wrestling with shadows and you listen to some of the interviews also on dark side of the ring where he tells him what needs to happen and brett still straight up refuses i think we all believe yes in our in our happy minds that brett is the kind of man who absolutely would have showed up on monday the next night wouldn't have even charged Vince a cent right. and would have dropped we all believe that But it's not our company. It's not our livelihood that was on the line. It's not the livelihood of every professional wrestler that wrestled for the WWF at that time when they're fighting for their lives against a billionaire who bought a wrestling company and is now taking money out of our pockets. A billionaire who hired a guy who specifically asked a wrestler to come in and throw the wrestling belt in the trash can Like, it's it's not at that point. It's not a this a, that's the that's the thing that I think most people don't get to, and I think that's where I have a very unpopular opinion.
0: But see, I feel like that situation with Alundra Blaze. I think Brett has too much respect for Vince to do that to him. Because if say Bischoff asked him to come and do the same thing that Alundra Blaze did with the women's title in WCW, I think Brett had too much respect for Vince and too much like. Well, I'll just say I just think that he wouldn't do that to Vince because Vince is pretty much. I once again, time, I, 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 agree. Him, I agree. I agree
1: with you. Like I said, I agree with you that I think that Bret Hart is a man of integrity. I don't want anybody to hear this anything that's coming out today and to think for one second that I don't think Bret Hart has integrity or doesn't love the professional wrestling business. I absolutely think that Bret Hart is a man of integrity and that he loves the business. There's no question about that whatsoever. It this is not about. Brent Hart's integrity. This is about the professionalism of doing the job you're told to do, or refusing to do the job that you're being told to do, and then your boss, who owns the company, what decisions or what options they have at that point. Like think of it yourself as an employee. Your boss. Tells you to do something and you refuse. Well, and, what, and, and here's where what I disagree options on that. does your boss have at that point? Well,
0: see, and here's where I disagree with that because they had multiple meetings where they tried to go over different finishes for the match, and, and every time, to, and, and every time he Vince, didn't like.
1: Vince, it. Vince is not happy, and he's begging Brett to go the other way. And it's well, no, because it was
0: the other way around. Because Brett wasn't happy with what they were pitching to him. Yes, because but Brett, that's when Vince he kept presented pitching. the. Idea, but that's when he presented the idea of him just handing off the title instead, so that way he did not have to lose it At that point, to
1: Sean. at that point, Vince was no longer trying. So I, and I do. I've done this with in many meetings. He's not complying. He's not he's not telling him, Yeah, that's great. That's a great idea. We're we're totally gonna do that, Brett. What he's but at the doing, same
0: time he's not saying absolutely not. There's what no he, way.
1: What he's doing is going, I've I've stated my case a couple times. I'm no longer going to I'm not gonna argue because this is a this is a business room, this is a meeting. I'm not gonna argue with you. Um I'm just gonna move on and do what I need to do. You know, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a meeting where I've sat there with somebody and desperately tried to get them to understand what needed to be done and why it needed to be done. And when you realize that someone doesn't, just doesn't get it, you don't talk to them like you're stupid like they're stupid. You don't say you don't get it. You know, you don't, you don't, but you also you also don't continue trying to teach it because. You 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 don't have the time to sit there and talk for hours on end until they get it. You just go okay. We'll table this discussion for later, or you know okay. uh, I think we'll just agree to disagree on these terms, or um, okay that you know we'll talk about it later.
0: Right. I mean, and we could go back and forth on all the different trivial things through that this scenario, and. We're probably not going to change our opinions on this. No, 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 at right, any right, point no. Yeah. no that, the, but that, that's the good thing about it, you know. We're both presenting cases for why we think the latter of the situation makes more sense. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I'm sure my opinion is probably the popular opinion that you know, yeah, Brett did not screw Brett. But then yours,
1: is, yours is a lot more shiny, happy. Right. Mine is much more, and I say I say this with all the respect in the world. Mine is I feel more realistic and pragmatic. Right, like I say, in in the real world, business you know, business is 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 about dollars and cents, and not feelings. Right, and, and so and, yeah, and, and and I understand. And I say at the form, end of the but... day, Vince McMahon is a businessman, and I think throughout his entire life, he has been nothing but a businessman.
2: Right,
0: and he's done. I, I won't say a great job at it because there are things that he's. I mean, he's a terrible a human being. Yeah, horrible human being.
1: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not standing up for his ethic or, or his, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not God, so I don't get to judge who, you know, right a person, but at the end of the day, you know them by their fruits, um, man's a philanderer 100%. and of that I have no, you know, I have no patience or, 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 uh, apology. I have no, for not to say I have no forgiveness, I mean, cause we have grace, but, right. um, I don't, I'm not going to ever sit there and say the man is a of good moral, you know, makeup. Right. But at the end of the day, he's a extremely successful. Oh yeah, businessman. very very successful. Extremely intelligent businessman. Um, to a degree. Mm, he's extremely intelligent. You don't. You don't. Oh yeah. For for the
0: earlier part. Of for his the earlier part, part, yeah. You you don't
1: take down the territories that have been set up for you know. 50 plus years, you don't... And we're set up also like with a mob mentality.
2: Right. You
1: don't take down the territories and live to tell the tale.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's pretty much gang warfare at that yeah, time.
1: A, you had to be quite intelligent. You had to be a great talker. And he said, you also have to be a really good businessman because at the end of the day, if you're going to tear something down, you better be building something even better.
2: Right.
0: And he did. He did, yeah. You know, well, we'll give him credit for it. I mean, he built something... That has lasted for years and years, yep. and, and will continue first, to go so on know, for years and first, years if done correctly.
1: I mean, you look at the first WrestleMania, and uh, you know his family; they, all the money he had in the world was riding on that first WrestleMania. If that first WrestleMania didn't succeed, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be sitting here talking about any of this, right? Because professional wrestling would probably still be very low key, territory based. I mean, maybe not. I mean, we probably be talking about WCW, right? We probably be talking about Ted Turner being a smart businessman, exactly. But no, Vince. Vince is a great businessman. He's a terrible person. Like I said, I'm not defending Vince McMahon. I'm not defending Shawn Michaels. But what I'm saying is, 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 that, is that professional wrestling is a, is a job. It's it is. A, it's a business. Right and when you're paid to do a job and you don't want to do the job the way the person who's paying you to do it does it you're not doing your job right
0: right and like i said we can go around in circles and talk about this but we're each going to have different opinions on this but all you guys let us know what your opinions are on this because we want to hear you guys interact we want to see what your comments are we want to see what your thoughts are on this and you know, we're going to do more debates like this in the future. Yep. We're going to have let more hot know. topics. To, and let us know what you want us to debate on. What are yep. some hot topics that are either currently in the wrestling world or past? Mm-hmm. And let us know what you want us to debate on. We've got plenty of time. Oh, yeah. And we got plenty of topics, too. Exactly. All right. You
1: ready to get into some reviews, John? I am ready to get into some reviews. So now, tell Hey, I want you to tell the people what we're going to do here because we're going to do some different stuff and we want to make sure that nobody gets confused.
0: Exactly. So what we've been doing in past episodes is we've been rating each week and each show on a one to five star scale. Now, we've kind of gone into it with not knowing fully the idea that that kind of has already been taken by someone by the name of Dave Meltzer, who does the five star reviews for professional wrestling. And so with that, we're going to be changing it up I also future think that episodes. Dave
1: Meltzer is a bag of Richards, so I'm uh, happy to move away from anything that he does.
0: Absolutely. But what we're going to be doing instead, we are still going to be giving our reviews and our thoughts on everything, but yeah. instead of giving one to five star reviews, we're going to be giving it a win. Yeah. So say WWE won this week or AEW won this week each one of us will go back and forth and say, "I give the win to AEW, or I give the win to WWE, and here's why." We're trying and, to
1: cultivate a new Monday Night War,
0: exactly. You know,
1: but it's, instead of Monday Night, it's the Monday Wednesday Night War. It's the week. Right. It's the weekday war.
0: It's the Monday Wednesday Friday Saturday War. Yeah,
1: it's it's like it's the it's the week long war.
0: The weekly of professional
1: wars. wrestling. There you go. Yeah, we'll
0: call it the week long or the, the weekly wars.
1: Yeah, the weekly wars of professional
0: wrestling. There we go, but. Do you want to kind of start us off here? Do you want me to go ahead and start it off? With I'll this?
1: start us off. Alright, go ahead. Okay. Speaking so, of the wind too. Oof. See now this week, I would say this is a great week to start because this was a hotly contested week. Um, you know, you at the beginning of the week, we've got Monday night raw. You've got Brock Lesnar, you know, coming out, getting with Cody. So we know we're getting Cody Brock for SummerSlam. Right. Whether you like that or hate it. It, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, I knew that was going to happen. Oh yeah, uh, obviously. In our last last week's episode, I, I like I said, I wished it would have happened during Money in the Bank, and that it would have given Dom the win, and he could have been prancing around, you know, like Christian.
0: Right. You know, exactly. Look at the title
1: that I just won. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, on the shoulders of mommy. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it would have been. It would have been a great. Yeah. yeah. Like on Rhea's shoulders, like I'm the champion. Exactly. Like, it would have been fantastic. Uh, but no, we get we get Brock the next night, and so we know we're going to get Brock Cody three at SummerSlam. Uh, we've got the Shayna Baszler promo on Ronda Rousey, which I had alluded to last week as well. Uh, really really strong promo from from Shayna. right uh probably one of the best ones i've heard her cut in a long time definitely um and you know really believable too like uh i love it when there's a there's aspects of realism and i you know i can actually believe what they're saying and it's not just a delivered line you know i've got to believe in my heart of hearts that you know, the way she delivered it to and she talked about paying her dues. It almost
0: feels like a shoot. It was you know, like, that
1: like that's like it, it'd been one thing to talk about like, oh, you know, everybody loves you or or, you know, you're so much more famous, blah, blah, blah. It would have been kind of trite. But for her to really like get to the point of like I love this first and I actually broke you know, like I broke into here and like you weren't even considering doing this until I did it. Right. And like you know, I paid my dues, you didn't. You know, you've been to WrestleMania at the top of the card, and I haven't, even though I'm better at this than you.
0: It was real. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Um, it was, there was, there was like, I don't care what anybody says. There was like, Shayna and Ronda might be the best of friends in real life, but some of those feelings are fully real.
0: Oh, 100%. So,
1: I mean, Monday night was, I mean, overall, the, the show was, once again, very... Highs and lows. Right.
0: If you had to give like a overall win for either WWE or AEW this week, yeah. Like I said, said, who uh, would you give the win to?
1: I'm gonna give it to AEW. Uh, AEW. I mean, Wednesday night was Wednesday night was pretty good, but truthfully, uh, Wednesday night was good. Saturday night was awesome.
0: I agree, and and that's why. And I I don't know if you had anything else to add on that, but I also gave the win to AEW for this week. And it was surprisingly by like a smidgen, like to have yeah. like have a point.
1: WWE's non wrestling was fantastic this week. Like right, the Bloodline on SmackDown, like exactly. the Tribal Chief, the Tribal Council, like that was.
0: <laughs> I almost imagine like Survivor having Jeff Probst come out and just snuff out Roman's torch, like Roman. The Anahuac family has spoken.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it was. I mean, but then let's say like the low blow. And then I say the way they brutalize—that's the way when when you when you when a heel needs to beat somebody, it's it, it's not one move and done. Right. Like you you until the crowd you you do it until the crowd's like stop.
0: Exactly. And then you
1: do more. Right. And then you leave. But so like WWE man, their their segments are so good. You know, some of them, not all of them, but like some of their segments are so good lately. But most of their wrestling matches are subpar. Exactly. Whereas w Whereas dynam you know A W Dynamite and Collision, they're probably still not as far as the production of segments and promos on the same level as WWE. But the wrestling and the storytelling by the announcers is so much more engaging. Exactly. Now, I will say this. Kevin Kelly repeats himself way too much.
0: I I 100% agree. I don't know what it is about him, but Nigel McGuinness blows Nigel's him awesome. up the water. Nigel
1: is so good and it like it makes I think it makes Kevin look worse, which is crazy because they've worked together for so long. You'd think they'd have like a a, a better,
0: um, like they'd have a better banter, a better but...
1: flow. I don't, like, you know, maybe Kev, Kevin's just kind of been out of it for a while and he's still getting names wrong, right? Like, on a weekly basis. I was defending him on night one, but I can't defend him. Like, what is it? Night, what, are we on night four now?
2: Rough, I think so. I think the
1: fourth collision. Um, but good, like, it, he, re- he does remind, he reminds me of, um, uh, of Shivani in the 90s. <laughs> right. Um he, very ha, ha 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 and you know tune in so and so like he's he's very good at certain things. But then like I said he gets wrestlers names wrong and he repeats the same thing over and over and over again. Right. Like
0: how many times can we here? Well, CM Punk has never beat Samoa Joe. Yeah, it's like we get it. We know like he's never beaten him. He's never, never beaten him. But got it. The more you keep driving that home, like, we know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Thanks for thanks for ruining it for me. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like definitely AEW had the win over this like cuz it's like we were talking about before as far as storylines go, AEW doesn't really have anything that just really draws you in as much as opposed to what WWE is doing with not just the bloodline, but I mean with the whole Cody Rhodes and Brock Brock Lesnar story. And then now with Shayna Baszler and uh, Ronda Rousey, which I'm sure they're going to do something great with that. And I feel like they're going to continue the storyline with Seth Rollins and the judgment day because they're already starting to see cracks form and it's going to be another segment in itself.
1: So the dirt sheets are predicting that we're going to have another Seth and Finn match. And that, that Finn's going to bring the Demon.
0: Right. Because, I mean, pretty much this is going to be a repeat of what is, yeah, SummerSlam was like whenever they had the yeah, Universal Summer Championship SummerSlam, again,
1: it's, well, I guess it's going to be exactly seven years or exactly eight years right? separate. So, um, I mean, that'll be cool just for the nature of what it is. Uh, I can't say I'm excited about Finn bringing out the Demon because ever it's since... Like there's the, no point. Well, ever since the Demon left NXT, the Demon, I'm pretty sure, is like... Never won.
0: No. the the, the demon. Owned. The only time it's won is whenever he won the Universal Championship.
1: Yeah, that a, that demon won the Universal Championship, and then after that, the demon's never won again. Right. Um, so it, it kind of buried that, you know, side of of Finn Balor. But let's say the, um, I mean, those two, those two can do whatever they want to do. They're going to have a fantastic match, and to say if it, if if it leads to Finn holding the title at the end. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't care if he's wearing Doink the Clown costume. like I'm for it.
0: Yeah, 100%. If anyone can take the title off Rollins and still be credible enough to carry it out and do anything with it, Finn is definitely one of those people.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I just think that the... I think the Judgment... Just like you said, I think the Judgment Day needs to be the new dominant force in the WWE. You've got the bloodline has come to an end... And you know we're gonna get we're gonna get Roman
0: versus Jay at SummerSlam. Um, you know, see, and, with, and on SmackDown, like I feel like if they do a good enough job with it and have a heel turn and build more numbers, I feel like LWO could be the big faction that takes over SmackDown if they do it right.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they do it right, Because they need to
0: be a heel faction. They don't need to be. Yeah, face because it's done nothing for them since Rey Mysterio brought back the group and introduced it back to WWE. Yeah, they've
1: lost their identity. I mean, as Legado del Fantasma, they had an identity, and then as the LWO now without Rey Mysterio, they really have no identity.
0: Well, even then with Legado del Fantasma, whenever they were drafted onto the main roster, they still had nothing.
1: Well, once again, that's that's the transition of NXT and the you know being booked by Hunter and Sean versus being booked you know in a Vince McMahon world. Because even though Vince is no longer in control, he's still very much in control. Right, exactly. And uh, Vince has never done so. Vince has never done very well with ethnic groups. I mean, the last Latino faction, uh, I can't remember what their names were, but uh, I can't remember the name of the faction, but they definitely rode
0: out in Lawnmowers. Oh, that was, uh, I think it was Super Crazy and Psychosis. Super Crazy
1: and Psychosis and maybe one other person. I think it was just them, two. Was it just those two? I think so. What
0: was the name? Do you, do you
1: remember the name of the faction?
0: Oh, man. That's going to bug me all night. But like I said, I, I
1: can't remember the name of the faction, but I do remember them riding out in lawnmowers. Right.
0: Which is not the best not, idea. Like, but, like i got to put it in historical perspective. I'm not perspective. woke, but even I was like, eh,
1: it's a little bit That's wrong.
0: crossing the line on racist there. Yeah. So oh, there was plenty of groups like that all throughout WWE. I mean, Crime Time. <laughs> if you could pick any stereotypical faction, I mean, Crime Time was like if you are woke, you were you would have been screaming out the wazoo, protesting left and right. Yeah, that's for funny. what it was.
1: Yeah, but they were so funny. Oh, they, they were hilarious. They were, they were JTG
0: great. and uh, Shad Gaspard. I mean, Shad. Rest in peace, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal wrestler.
1: Yeah, no, they were they they made it they made it work. I think that was it was too much gimmick, you know. I right. like, like if you look at the the way the street profits are now; they're like a less ethnically prejudiced version of of crime time, right? You know, they still have like the roots of like a, you know like the hip hop culture and things like that, but it's not we're stealing your money. Right. And, exactly. You know, Hey, look over there. And then he picks his pocket.
2: Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, Gosh, yeah.
0: Montez Ford, I I could watch him wrestle like any day of the week. Oh yeah. He's no, beyond entertaining and incredible in the ring.
1: Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's one of my, uh, uh, picks to be, you know, maybe you say not, maybe not, maybe not even five years, but let's say at least five years down the line, he's going to be, um, a singles star right uh, I, I, I see all the possibility in the world in him
2: right
0: yeah that's our reviews guys and that was our take on the Montreal Job. again let us know what you guys thought about it comment on our social media on hot topics that you want to see us do more and other things that you want to see as well as far as future segments for the show like we said we're on social media five star jobbers on Facebook Instagram and TikTok in the future it's going to be coming up but as we say always keep listening and keep it 5 stars.